everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I am Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Gary. This episode features the sounds of our air conditioner because it is 90 bajillion degrees. Oh, and I vetoed the turning of it, turning it off. It's <laughs> and, not going to happen. Sometimes comfort takes over professionalism. Yeah, well, last week when we recorded Sin City, we got to the end and we're just like dying over here. It was so hot. In other words... The night was hot as hell. Yeah, and this night is even hotter than the last time we recorded, so... We're just increasingly increasing in temperature. Yeah. It's a great time to be in Oklahoma. So you get to hear our air conditioner. Yes. Anyway, uh, this week we're talking about... Wait, before we start, uh, we didn't get a chance to do it last time, but I have a story that I want to tell. Okay. Like, wanna, this is a fun little story, because we're going to need some... We're going to have to have some... We're going to have stories. <laughs> just just tell you now we're gonna have to have some some filler so a couple of weeks ago i got to do a really fun thing that i i think that our little readership would appreciate our readership whatever we right well you'll understand why i said readership because uh i got to go to a fundraiser here in oklahoma for the tulsa arts or alliance arts alliance tulsa and they brought in a special guest who you might know as the host of reading rainbow uh one mr lavar burton is very exciting for me uh he was also in Star Trek as is it Gordy or Jordy? I can't it's Jordy. Jordy, okay. And, Jordy LaForge. And he was uh, Kunta Kinte in Roots. That was, by the way, I learned through this, his very first professional gig and his very first professional audition. He landed that role. Wow. It's crazy, right? So he came and he and it's basically a fundraiser for art stuff. And then he came to Guthrie Green, which is a little park here in Tulsa. And he read one of his original stories. And I made many mistakes while seeing him because I wanted an autograph. It was cool just to, like, see him and hear him read. Like, that fulfilled a lot of childhood things. But, like, I had a, a program from the thing. And a friend of mine was working the event. And her sister's a big fan of LeVar. So she found a poster. And I was not working, so I found a spot on the park, sat down, and I was like, I'm going to listen to him read. And while I'm listening to him read, I see my friend go up to a security guard, hand the security guard the poster so he could take it to him to have it signed. And I went, oh, crap. So I ran back to my car to get the program. By the time I came back, there was a line that had formed because the story was over. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stand with the people I work with because we're going to interview him. We're going to get him on camera. We're going to be at the end of the line. Maybe he'll spend some time talking to us. So he goes through this line, and he's signing people's things, and he's taking selfies, and he's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. He does the interview with us, and then he walks in and is escorted to his limo and leaves. So I missed all of my opportunities. But this is still a lot of fun. And it was for a good cause. It was a good time. But, yeah, I was devastated. The end of my story. You got any LeVar Burton stories? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I, uh, whoops. I ran into, uh, Isaac Hansen earlier this evening. Did you? Yeah. What's, what's Isaac up to? Uh, he was eating with his family. Oh, so you didn't bug him. I didn't bug him, but I, I saw him, I knew who he was, and I'm like, that's him. You gave him a click and a finger gun, didn't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> I sure did. And he did it right back. Yeah, again. I bet he did. Cool. I did not run into any celebrities tonight, <laughs> nor did I have any plans to see them speak or anything. So I got nothing to add other than I like both of those gentlemen. They seem all right. All right. They dudes. seem like all right people. All right. Uh, to the uh, episode at hand, we're talking about Sin City, a dame to kill for. Ugh. 
released in 2014, a sequel to 2005 Sin City. For some reason, they they wanted to do it that many years later. I don't know. Um, uh, second verse, same as the first, kind of. We got the multiple stories that are being told uh, throughout the film. Two of them are actually new this time, original written for the movie, whereas the, the first movie is more uh, direct adaptations of the books. This one features two original stories. Um, we'll probably get into why that didn't really work out, but they did it anyway. So let's start talking about some of the things we liked about this movie. Um, I'll start with nothing, Andrew. <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't like anything about this movie. Okay. I, I didn't. So... Uh... <laughs> Y'all will disagree with me. Yes. But well, he might not. He likes some. No, of it. I'm going to disagree with him. I oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the visual effects in this movie. Okay. I felt. Yeah. There you go. I felt <laughs> were. For some reason, I think they were better. Okay. I, I think they were they better were than the first ones. Yeah, they in weren't. The, but in <laughs> Ron Howard narration, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe technically, but they didn't look it to me. I mean, there, there were, there were, there were bits in the movie that were just like, I felt like they were, they were very cheaply put in there. But there are other, there are other parts of it that, there were other parts of it that kind of, uh, that kind of, I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool, you know. But it wasn't like, like what? It wasn't Give an like example. Black, let's see. There was a couple chase scenes that have that had like some really good CGI that I saw. And that that stood out to me in the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay. So they actually did that very well. Um, they did a lot of the like the colors. I think I love what they did with the colors in this, just like what they did with the colors the colors in the last movie. See, I didn't like what they did with the colors. Now, granted, I'm colorblind, so I'll just get that out of the way now. But what I liked about the first one is that they only highlighted certain things that they wanted to emphasize. So they highlighted the red. They highlighted Goldie, and I thought that was really good. I liked what they did with her and her twin because they made an appearance in this one. Uh, Goldie was lit up and whatnot, and Wendy was was black and white and gray. But they seemed to be more frugal or more liberal with what they had highlighted. Like, in the... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt story, Marcy was completely colored, and I don't really understand why. There was really, I didn't feel like there was really a point for her to to stand out and be 100% colored. Like, not just her hair, or or parts parts of her, (laughs) parts of her, where all of her was colored, like her skin, her clothes, her her hair, everything Uh was colored, and I don't know why. Um, I liked what they did with Eve Green, like, she was black and white, but her color or her coat was colored initially. Then when we found out that she was crazy, they highlighted her eyes and her lips, and I thought that was really good. But, like, street signs were neoned out and, and noticeable. Uh, I, I just... It felt like they were able to throw more color out there rather than make it important. But really what I liked about the movie was, if I liked anything about this movie, was the style of it. I, I'm, I'm totally I'm drunk on the style of this movie if I can say that and the reason why is because it, it plays it out like a 40s pulp novel and it's while it's playing like like I said last time it's playing homage to old 40s 
uh, old 40s film noirs, old 50s film noirs. It does a great job of that. Um, I feel like they overemphasize it way too much. I feel like they, that I feel like they just they just put it on there. It's like put it on there way too much. As my dad would say, it's like putting a hundred dollar saddle on a two dollar mule. So, <laughs> uh, okay, um, <laughs> that's it. And that's all I got. You know, and it wasn't just the special effects that I found to be lacking this time. I I personally thought they looked a little cheaper, and maybe that's because. Uh, I know 2014 was capable of better special effects than that. Oh I don't know. Yeah, it opened up with like weird snow that just lo- it just looked bad. Yeah, uh, it looked like it was done in 2005. If I had to pick, uh, just off the top of my head, what I thought was the worst example of special effects in that movie, it was at the toward the end when Marv and Nancy are riding motorcycles. It looked mm-hmm. like. It looked like the 60s Adam West Batman. Okay. Like, it looked like two people pretending to ride a motorcycle with a with a screen in the background. Yeah. Like, okay. it just... That's fair. I like, don't know. Nancy sneaking around looked bad. Like, it just... You could blatantly tell it was a green screen. And even... And, there were, and I don't really think that I could tell in, in the original Sin City. Like, I knew it was a green screen, but it seemed like it looked better. Yeah, I don't... They must have done something different, because it was noticeable to me, too. Uh, and then I thought the... The, the practical effects of some of their makeup was not good. Like, I didn't... What was that guy whose head looked like uh, Jabba the Hutt? Oh. What, that looked awful. Yeah. Uh, Will and Quest or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was I don't bad. Remember his name. Yeah. Uh, I thought Marv looked a lot worse this time. He looked like a like a beat-up, drunk Duke Nukem. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't understand it. Especially when at the beginning it was, like, set in events prior to the first movie... He looks worse. Hail to the king. It looked like it was sloppily done. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're not. It wrong. was distracting to me how how bad he looked. He was yeah. grotesque, and he was featured in every single story. Yeah, this time. So for me, I liked the way that it opened. I liked the short little story that they did with Marv. I think that was like a, a nice little way to set it up. Better than the Josh Hartnett one from the first one. The yeah. Josh Hartnett one was bad, but. And I think that this was kind of subtle in that, you know, he was talking about how he didn't remember a lot of things. He didn't know where he got his coat from. He didn't know how he ended up in the projects. He didn't know how he ended up with the gloves. And I could be wrong, but in A Dame to Kill, he beats up Minute. And at one point in time, he comes back with a coat and a hat. And I'm assuming that that it ties in, like it starts off with him post that movie, and he's like back from his drunken stupor, realizes that something happened that he didn't take his medication. He's got the coat on, which I assume belongs to Minute, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it is in the graphic novels, but it could be. Uh, I also enjoyed the first half of the joseph gordon levitt one the long bad night i thought it was interesting i thought it was an interesting story for me joseph gordon levitt just seems like a dude who fits into this kind of genre Mm -hmm. this noir type thing um he's done it before i liked that it didn't have an over amount of narration it was more dialogue and it was well done uh, as far as A Dame to Kill, that was my favorite of the graphic novels that I read, so I was really excited about it, but then it just, from then on, 
I just didn't care. Like it took too long. It was long and drawn out. They again, they took it directly from the source material, and I felt like that could have been a good job, but not didn't quite make it going. Because I liked the book, and I thought that the dynamic between Marv and Dwight was really interesting. Um, but I don't know; it just didn't translate into a movie. And, and watching it, I just got to a point where I started to not care. Uh, I didn't care. As it progressed, I didn't care about the second part of The Long Bad Night, and I really didn't care about Nancy's Last Dance. No. I just got to a point where I just wanted the movie to be over. Um, let's... I'm, again, I'm gonna, it's going to be short for me. I was going to say, let's pick... What, what do we think were the best scenes in this movie? I want to say the first one. The short, uh, the little short thing. Yeah, but bit. I still didn't like it. But Just I think it was Saturday the best night. one. What I didn't like about it is I thought the motivations were weird and dumb. I thought it was real dumb that he misheard that that guy definitely did not say Bernie, but he heard Bernie and like I definitely didn't. So I don't know what that felt forced. Yeah, and then for the for the answer to just be oh it's the coat you're wearing, I was like what is happening. What is this? This is stupid. Yeah. But it looked cool, I guess. And <laughs> scene. Andrew, what was your best scene? To be honest with you, I don't have a best scene for this. Really? I really don't. Like, there's, there was not one scene in this movie I felt like stood out. Mm. I just, I, I looked at it. Going over everything that we discussed earlier, I felt like, I felt like I could not take away one single scene from this movie and say that was pretty good it's overall a very forgettable movie it's a very forgettable movie in my opinion I liked the introduction of Joseph Gordon-Levitt I liked his confidence I liked his swagger I liked that he walked in and he did that magic trick with the girl and then he bounced off the uh, slot machine and then he won that I thought that was just a nice way to introduce a new character um yeah beyond that I mean there's not really anything that I take away as far as like really stand out-ish which is a shame because like again I go back to Marv and he was in every movie and one thing that I took a note on is that there's such a dynamic between Marv and Dwight in that both of them have this inner rage monster as they as Dwight calls it that they both are trying to suppress to be decent human beings Marv is a little bit more meatheadish and brute than Dwight who seems like he's got some brains and he's he's like a calculated hitman whereas Marv is more of a a lackey who would just go in and be a muscle. Um, so to see them kind of interact and struggle with this inner demon is interesting. I like the fact that both Dwight and Nancy throughout their respective stories are blatantly using Marv for his inner monster. They're like manipulating his monster in order to take care of their inner monsters and, and meet their goals. 
And I just thought, I thought that could have been a really nice thing, but again, they just don't flesh it out enough. And it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a short segment. Uh, let's compare it to the first. Um, you already, Andrew already touched on some of this. Uh, he, with the, um, the style of the film, uh, we talked about the colorization that's used. We talked about the the they stuck with the noir style. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that that you felt like really connected it to the first one? <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Let but. me clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Are you <laughs> are you good now? Did you stub your toe or something? <laughs> oh, no, I just backing you up there. Oh, okay. Um. Okay. So, what are we talking about? <laughs> right? This movie is so riveting. Um, how? What are some key ways that you felt like this movie connects to the first? How do you think it compares overall? I think it compares pretty much to the whole, its atmosphere. Its atmosphere and the universe that Frank Miller has kind of created here. I think... I. I think what I'm trying to say here is is that like it's really what drew me in was the really what draws me in here is the atmosphere. I think they're both very they're very pulp novelish. I think it I think it fleshes itself out in a very creative way. It just misses the mark. But all in all, what I have to say about this movie is it, how it compares to the first one is that there's this overlooming sense of mystery that you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get out of it. Okay. Uh, we talked about in the last episode how Sin City was a very faithful adaptation of the book. And we talked about how it might have been a better choice to take more liberties with the story for film so it translates a little better. Perhaps in... Maybe not doing a direct adaptation, but some inspired by or something like that. And in this movie, they did that to some extent by writing two original stories just for the film. How do we think that went? So I I go back to the first episode where we discussed it being like a miniseries. And I think the original stories kind of show what it could be in a universe. So the first movie was four, three or four, I can't fully remember, separate stories that they threw together into a movie. And here you had two that were written in graphic novels and two that were original. I liked how they they did what I wanted them to do if it was a miniseries. So Marv was peppered in to each little story. I guess he was kind of featured in all of them, but he didn't necessarily need to be. Um, They could have done it in a way of you know, you just see him in the background and like part of the story is being played out, but not like the main focus. And then another episode of this hypothetical miniseries could have gone back and focused on Marv and whatever he was doing in that situation. And then you see in the background, the secondary story that we've already seen. So you can tie this universe into a way where everything's going on at the same time, but not everything focused. And I think that's, what I would have liked to have seen. And I think that it shows that they could have done more in this Sin City universe than just focus on the graphic novels is that you could have written more to continue 
on with a hypothetical miniseries or show or whatever beyond what was already written for the graphic novels. Uh, yeah. On that note, I, this is as good a time as any to bring in um, a story that I read that uh, this that Sin City is being developed into a television show. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know the status of it currently. The most recent thing I could find was uh, a deadline piece from May 2017. Now, the issue... I f- the, the issue that comes to mind immediately that I couldn't find an answer to is these the movies were were um, distri- produced distributed by Dimension Films, which is owned by the Weinstein Company, no which is no more. So I don't know if that means that this is gone or if there it's salvageable or what. I don't know the status of it now because this was obviously reported before. The Weinstein Company fell apart, but how that happened? <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. It what? It didn't have a network attached yet, but it did have um, some people involved, including um, one of the showrunners. Or one of the showrunners worked on The Shield, The Walking Dead, and The Omen, and the other one worked on Sleepy Hollow and Lucifer. The shows. So some people with some some hands have dipped in the genre, basically. And those are pretty powerful TV shows, right? Um, yeah. The more I reading this, the more I doubt that it'll happen. Actually, uh, <laughs> um, the showrunner was was someone who worked on this movie, A Dame to Kill For, and it was going to be produced with um, Frank Miller. Glenn Matsura, Lynn Wiseman, and Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Ooh. So, okay. uh, it's probably... <clears throat> it may not be in the cards anymore, but it's interesting that it was planned. And maybe maybe somehow it'll be... It'll still happen somewhere else. Obviously not Netflix. at the Weinstein Company. But that's that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Would have been cool to see a... <clears throat> I think I would have liked show. I think it could have done well on a on a streaming provider or a cable network. Yeah, like HBO or Showtime. Something without commercials. It's that kind of. I feel like it's that kind of uh, thing. Did someone just knock on the door? Nah, went. Okay. I was gonna say. Yeah, you better. There's a ghost. (laughs) I Um, created no ghost. How many books are there? Uh, minimum six or seven. Okay. There might be more beyond that. I've only read the ones that correspond to the movies, so I don't know. Because I... Here's what I think about... Uh, there's going to be a lot. The comic series ran for nine years. Ew. Oh. So... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a lot, it looks like. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven collections. Okay. So here's what I think what would probably work. Is that if they really wanted to like draw this out as much as they could have if they really wanted to do it in movie form I think what they should have done was like limit the stories down to like two stories per movie that way we get a sense of like that way we get a sense of like what's going on here uh, like like who the characters are how everything wraps up and how we're able you know we're able to focus on just these particular characters instead of 
having all these characters, having all these stories going every which direction and leaving more loose ends than the ones that are tied up. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. No, I think what I would have done, because I thought about this, because originally when I was reading the book, I was like, I think that A Dame to Kill would have been a really, would have been a better version to do first because it kind of introduces you to, to Marv more and it introduces you to Dwight, to Nancy. Uh, it gives you these options. Well, I guess Nancy's not really in A Dame to Kill other than in the background, but whatever. You could have gotten an idea of all these people, but as I was watching it, I think what I would have done is started with That Yellow Bastard yeah, because that sets up Nancy who is an overarching character throughout the whole thing. Um and her relationship with Hardigan. And yeah. you can kind of have people, again, have them in the background, have Marv or Dwight or whomever in the background and go through at different times in life or whatever. So you could have had, start off with baby Nancy and her issues. Show a little bit of Hardigan, what he's going through. Show more of Nancy as she progresses. And then at some point in time, you have a scene in the background with the Dame to Kill of Marv and Dwight, Josh Brolin Dwight. Okay. As it continues, you see later as they progress through the life of the eight years or however Hardigan was in there and, and Nancy was, was there, then you see a different Dwight, Clive Owen, but maybe you don't know, but he's through, he's in that movie. Marv is in there doing his Goldie story. Yeah. And then you can circle back to all of that and, and make this whole universe connected in a movie kind of a way. Kind of, it would be like a, a Marvel situation. It would be expansive in a universe rather than just standalone, but like that yellow bastard can set up so many movies because it spans so long. Mm-hmm. And then like, if you wanted to put Nancy's last dance in there, that would have been like, later on but following through so there's a bunch of different things that you could have done yeah. in a movie sense if you wanted to create it more yeah yeah I agree with that it's it's just I feel like Sin City I feel like Sin City is very is a very hard movie to adapt and I don't it's a very hard novel to adapt and I think it's I wish it could have been better I wish it could have been like a better effort because I seriously think that there's something here if I think it's a decent attempt here but all, all in all it, it falls very flat it falls very short yeah so uh, Andrew you're my you're my guy for this question every time what what are some themes you identify in this one last last week we kind of talked about revenge <clears throat> And other related things being a major theme in, in Sin City. Do you think A Dame to Kill For is any different? Not... Mm, not really. See, here's the, here's the thing about film noir that you have to understand, is that while there's, while there's themes that... Per, while, the, while there's themes in movies that we normally see, film noir takes on a different universe... So everything is very dark, and everything is very, it, everything is very, uh, what do you call it? Everything is very mysterious, 
So it's a mystery that we're unraveling, but we're also seeing characters. We've seen this before in Unforgiven, where the theme is violence is bad, and it leads to bad things. Good guys become bad guys, bad guys become good guys. Really, that's what we're seeing here, is that bad guys are good guys, are anti-heroes, and then the good guys that we all that we all should respect, the cops, you know, anybody else that we see as a hero or anybody else that we see as somebody who's weak ends up being evil. Mm-hmm. So I think it is if I think there's any type of if I think there's any type of uh, theme that we have here is that some of the actions that happen to the people here in Sin City are some of the actions that happen in Sin City really do set forth like the theme it's very hard to explain <laughs> I'm having a hard time explaining you are so sounds like what you're getting at is it's not any different yes from the first one and I'll I just, think I would agree with I'll that. just go ahead and say that because I'm getting lost in my own word salad okay uh, so I liked when we did this last week so I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna look at where uh, this movie debuted at the box office and the and the rest of the top 10 of that weekend okay this movie came out the weekend of August 22nd, 2014. It debuted at number eight. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with $6.3 million. I'll start up at number one for its second, no, fourth week of release. It has returned to the top, Guardians of the Galaxy. At number two, okay. uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. It's better than this movie. That's all right. It's better than this movie. That's true. <laughs> uh, the th- number three, uh, If I Stay. Don't know that one. Starring uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. And that's the only name I recognize. Stacy Keach. There you go. He was also in A Dame to Kill For. Number four is a movie that I know must be terrible, but I still to this day want to see is Let's Be Cops. <laughs> Starring uh, Jake yeah. Johnson and Damon Wayans Jr. And it made a lot of money. I mean, it made a lot more than Sin City 2. <laughs> uh, number five. Oh, hold, hold on. What? Go, go, back comment? go back to that. You want Let's Be Cops yeah, back? Let, okay. Yeah. So. What do you want about it? It made. Its budget was more than what the entire movie made. <laughs> This is true. The budget of Let's Be Cops was more than the entire gross of Sin City and Dame to Kill for. Yeah. Well, I've... was it? Let me double check. Yeah. Yeah. So in in the U.S., it, Sin City only Sin City Two only made thirty million dollars worldwide. It made thirty nine. So it did not come even remotely close to very its sixty five million dollar budget. That's very bad. Um. Whew, yeah. That is a bomb. After that, after Let's Be Cops, is the, When the Game Stands Tall? Never heard of that one. This got Jim Caviezel. It looks like it's a football movie. Hmm. And that's all I know about it. It also made more money than this movie. Uh, the Expendables 3. Yes. At number 6. The Giver at number 7. Sin City at number 8. The 100 Foot Journey at number 9. <laughs> Uh, I it's got Go Helen Mirren, <laughs> exec or er, produced by Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey. What damn? Never hmm. heard of it though. Nope. And finally, rounding out number ten with a movie called Into the Storm, which looks like one of those generic uh, 
natural disaster movies. Mm. Like, so like an, Geostorm? Another, yeah, like Geostorm. Another rough week at the box office that week outside of Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Uh, yeah. So come yeah. get your love. I like, I like this bit. I think this is going to be a bit. Okay. We have to revisit some old stuff that way. I'll take right. it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be a bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> I don't really have much else. It's bad. I liked... The Ava character, like I liked, because I didn't expect her to be mean. In the end, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess this movie scored. Uh, I'm an. Uh, what did what was the last? What did Sin City one do? Seventy six or was something it? like that. Seventy six or seventy seven. I'm gonna go with forty two mm. for this one. I'm gonna raise you. Oh boy! And go to forty. I'm going to go to 43. You're going to raise me one point? That means you're going to win if it's higher. Unless he does something. No, I'm going to go lower and say 35. 35? I don't think it it was well received at all. I think people will praise the special effects still, even though I don't like them. 43. 43 on the dot? 14. Your your face makes me think that you didn't look ahead of time. But you could be acting. You have a history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of your wins from now on have... I haven't won for a few weeks. It's bugging me. I get real close. Uh, I give it one. One out of five, whatever. That's also what I gave it on Letterboxd. And my review is dot, dot, dot. Why did they make this? (laughs) Well... I'm gonna get. I'm gonna raise you. You're gonna raise me on my bad review of Sin City. I'm gonna give point five. Oh, point five. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it's not good. I'm gonna keep it the same and and give oh, it two, sh- just because it didn't. the The first half I liked more, and then I just tapered off and didn't care. So it like evened out. I didn't like the first one at all. I liked the first two and a half two stories. And then I didn't care. So, two. Okay. Well, actually, I, hang on. I need to check my... Is one and a half disappointing? Because I feel like I want to give it a one and a half if it's disappointing. Do you remember our I think it's one, I think one and a half. If I remember right, one and a half is disappointing. One is bad, which is what I gave it. And half is no. Okay. Which well, Andrew I'll it. stick with... I'll stick with two. Ugh. It's too high. It's far too high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, we got to pick a new movie now. Yeah, we do. Uh, Finally, yeah. something good Moving to do. on to an exciting thing. Guys, we have so many movies. I know, you keep adding I awful keep movies. I keep adding things. We're at 123 he now. We added Beethoven today. Beethoven. Which we're going to have to research because I don't know if that counts. Well, look. These can he also be added Airbud because he just likes no, movies about animals. No, we were talking about. I, I was with uh-huh. some work people and we were talking about movies. And about? all of a sudden, we were talking about like all the animal movies ahead sequels, like Babe. Yeah, Babe's on there now. You know, you know I, I don't like. I never liked Babe. Even as a kid, I didn't what? like Babe. I didn't like it. I loved Babe. You, I still you, love you babe. are a farm. <laughs> True. <laughs> I didn't like Babe. I don't know. I think it's because what about I, Babe Pig in the City? Now, Why I've would never, I like that? I've never seen that. Because <laughs> he's not on a farm. He's in the city. It's he's, in the title. He's still a pig. I've never seen In the though. city. It's, no, I don't need... He's to, a domesticated pig. I don't need to see Babe. Babe. Right. Babe! Let's see what we got here. Well, I, let me, I'll tell you this. He didn't add any that are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
And I didn't even tell you all of them because I can't remember them all. No, but there were several, great. and none of them were good. Listen, we've written down all the good ones. I don't think I refuse to believe that. <laughs> I refuse. There, there has to be good ones that we just don't know about or we're not thinking of because they weren't uh, uh, financial hits, but they were critical successes. I have to believe that. If you have suggestions, hit us up on facebook.com slash okconnection, or you can give us a suggestion whenever you're writing a review for this podcast in Apple Music or in Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. Yep. Uh, that would be great. That's a great way for us to uh, you know get a rating and help us boost our little things, and you can also communicate with us, and we can find sequels that we may or may not have on our list early plug i feel like i need to take out you saying boost our little things (laughs) fair (laughs) and then my explanation of it (laughs) we'll see i held the pin or the scissors whatever all right let's see what we got so number 85 is where we start and that is grown-ups okay (laughs) um yeah (laughs) i think i would do that I remember thinking the first Grown Ups is watchable. It's funny. I didn't think. I don't think I saw the second one. I don't know, man. You know, it's funny when 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 Kevin James falls down, and I think he does that a lot. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I don't know that I. I don't know that I'll fight it. I think it could get worse. How many are there? There's only two. I think. I'll double check. I think I there's think, just two. I think there's only two. Oh gosh. Just remember that it's one more out of the way. Um, Grown Ups sequel, Grown Ups 2. Yeah, there's just two. I mean, we're talking about Adam Sandler. We're talking about Kevin James. We're talking about Chris Rock. Talking about David Spade, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that picture of David Spade. I know, right? All those old, they're all Actually, high school. Uh, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> That movie made so much money. It really did. Whoa! And I'm talking about Grown Ups 2, y'all. Grown Ups 2 <laughs> made almost 250 mil. <laughs> Have either one of you seen them? No. Just the first. I've seen, the, seen first. the first. I think. I remember thinking it was funny. I've not seen it. It's not like, I don't know, it's not an Oscar movie. Oh, hell no. But... All right. I think it's the first legitimate comedy I'll, you've done. I'll go with it. Wow. I'll go with it. I think it could be funny. Oh, uh, man. Because as, as much as I hate to say it, I like Adam Sandler. Yeah. I, I think Adam Sandler's funny. He's fine. Like As long as it's not Jack and Jill. As long as it's not Jack and Jill, and as long as it's not that. that what was that one movie he did with Andy Samberg? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. It's like, I love you, son, or something like that. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. That's my boy. Oh, that's my boy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch that. That was horrid. Was it? It also made more money than Sin City too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess it's fine. I was. So I really God. wanted to Jack veto it, but you wanted to. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. like it's because I like all those people. Is Chris Rock's in that one too? Yeah. Right. Uh, I assume he's in the first one. I don't remember. I was looking at the cast of the second. Well, let's do that then. 
Yeah, grown-ups. What were the other choices? Yeah, I don't let's, know. let's look at it. You want to look at I the already, first? You already cleared it. I already cleared it. Well, since we, we always do this, why yeah, you clear it I for? know. I forgot. I think the next one after that, because the next one was '86, and it was Big Mama's house. Oh, I'd rather do grown-ups. <laughs> I'd rather do grown-ups. Yeah. Okay, so we're doing grown-ups next week <laughs> on the show. Why can't I get to the first one? I keep getting going to the second. Uh, grown-ups. The main cast is Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, and everyone's favorite, Rob Schneider. Is, is Nick Swartzen in there, too? I feel like he is, like, the exactly. the tag-along version. Like, he, like, he's just, like, the little brother of one of them. He's like, come on, you can come with us. He does not appear to be in the first one. Okay. He's the But guy. other cast members include Salma Hayek, uh, Maya Rudolph, um, Steve Buscemi, of course. He's always around. Colin Quinn, Tim Meadows. Norm MacDonald. Got a lot of funny people in it. It's got a lot of funny people in it. Oh, oh no. What? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Can't say okay. that. Not say, just say nothing. Uh, yes, I can. This is my show. Because I'm holding the button. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? I think we're done. Okay. Uh, we're done. So next week we're doing Grown Ups. I, don't, I lost where I am in, in life for a minute. Uh, we'll be back then on Monday with Grown Ups. Uh, find us online at facebook.com slash okconnection or on Instagram. Search for so many sequels pod and we post fun things there sometimes. And then like we said earlier, give us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined and help us find ourselves or uh, find our way to new listeners. Yeah, and share us around with your friends. Yeah. People like movies. We talk about movies that people like or don't like. Yeah. But we do it in a funny way. That's true. It's true. All right. Till next time. Bye. Thank God this series is over. That's the truth. <laughs>